Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He's one half of the Locked On Cast podcast. Also writes for Dime Uprox Magazine. Chris Manning, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, joins us. And uh, excited to have the conversation, Chris. Let me start by asking you, how are you celebrating this weekend, man? What's your plans? You know, I, first of all, always a pleasure. Always great to be on with you, Spencer. I went to the Guardians game last night, which didn't go great. I did see that, yeah. But, uh, you know, look, spent a nice uh, night outside with a buddy and just got to chat and hang out and stuff, which was great. Um, being outside and being at baseball games is good. I'm going to spend time with the family today, both my family and my wife's family, a little bit, a little bit of both, and we'll, we'll go from there. I uh, hope you got something fun after, after your show's done today. We uh, we're doing a little barbecue with my uh, wife's side of the family, so we got that, and uh, yeah, just hoping the the little guy stays cooperative. That's like our our life revolves around like, can we do this? Can we trust that our 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 newborn is going to be cooperative if we go do this thing? That's that's how we plan things these days. So well, good <laughs> good luck to you. I'm sure you're, there's a lot of rewarding blessings. So congratulations, very belated congratulations. On, Thank on you. My part. Thank I you. May also, even didn't say text, but oh my goodness, that sounds <laughs> like a lot of work. It definitely is. It definitely is. But we're enjoying it every step of the way. Um, let's start with Darius Garland. Gets the mega contract yesterday. Five years, 193 million, richest contract. In Cavaliers history, I started the show this morning talking about how this was a very deserved deal and how just great, you know, sort of basking in the fact that Darius Garland has been just so good and and certainly a, a warranted contract with how he's played and how he's continued to just excel and and get better and better year after year. But there were some callers who were trying to make their pitch for why they just don't see it from Darius Garland for whatever reason. They thought that Colin Sexton should get this money. We all we're in agreement, Chris. Like Darius Garland is the real deal. Like, this contract yeah. certainly makes certainly makes sense for this team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is a bona fide all-star guy who's on his way up. He's already topped in this position. Like, you're betting on his potential with this contract. I mean, the, the three-level scoring, I think the way he passes. I mean, if you want to illustrate what I think the biggest difference between him and Sexton is, it's, the, it's their passing. I mean, look, go back. I would encourage people to go back and watch tape on how Darius Garland runs a pick and roll and how Colin Sexton runs a pick and roll. Colin Sexton has gotten better. I want to give him like credit and I, I think like that's fair. But he doesn't make the reads where he's like getting Jared Allen the easy lob all the time. He's not really passing Allen open for, for easy dunks. He's feeding him in a spot where Allen has to take a jump step has to take a step, has to jump stop, has to make a post move in order to score. Like he to get a shot off, right? 
Darius Garland is getting in the lane. He's being so creative with the ball in his hands and reading defense that he throws the lob and Jared Allen just going to have to go up and get it. Like, it is a different skill set. It is, a, I think, a guy who makes everyone around him clearly better. Carried the load last year at a really impressive level on the offensive end. I, I deserves every penny. Deserves the escalators. Um, he's under contract now with the last year's rookie deal this year and this extension for six years. No, No-brainer for me as far as the Cavs go and for him. 100%. The other thing that was kind of brought up, and I kind of understand where people are coming from with this, was somebody called in and said they thought that Colin Sexton is kind of shown to be more of like that, you know, when you're in crunch time, he's the he's the killer, right? Like, he's going to go get it done. And I understand that to an extent because I do think I can at least reference more moments in my head where I remember Colin Sexton doing that when Dar- than Darius Garland. But my argument back was, I don't know that Darius Garland even has to be that player if Evan Mobley becomes what we think he can become. So that was kind of another point that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I, I think Mobley's uh, upside and what he's going to do and how he's going to grow is really going to be one of the biggest parts of this. Um, Colin Sexton has a skill that I think can help the team and how they kind of value him and, and how we kind of see that going forward here is one of is probably the biggest, I think is the biggest story remaining this summer, and we're going to learn a lot about how they handle this. But I think you're also betting for sure on Evan Mobley's growth and, and him being able to add more on the offensive end to kind of help some of this uh, work and, and make some of these things doing really well. I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Talk with Chris Manning on the hotline. Well, we've said his name several times. We know the Cavs have had just a few moves this offseason, the biggest, of course, being the Garland deal. Um, is Colin Sexton next, you think, or do you think they're going to get into a situation where there's some rumors that Dallas may send an offer sheet Colin Sexton's way, and then the Cavs will maybe have to consider if they want to match it or not. Do you think he's next on the docket for them, and what kind of contract ultimately do you think he's going to get? Like, Is this a deal where they're going to be paying him or going to kind of be forced to pay him more than $20 million a year, or would they walk at that point? I don't think it's going to get above twenty. I think what is interesting is that there are only two teams with actual cap space left that can throw him an offer sheet. That is the Pacers, and that is the Spurs. Dallas or another team could be like, hey, Cleveland will send you X, Y, and Z. You send a sex in a sign-and-trade. That becomes complicated because those teams that hard-cap themselves, and like, I, I just don't know if some of these teams are, are going to do that. I also don't know if you look at Dallas. Like, Go down Dallas' roster right now. I don't know if there's stuff on that roster that I'm like, I, I, feel, I feel like an adequate return for what Colin Sexton is yeah. and where he's at, right? Like, that makes this really tricky. Um, I think what is most likely is you will see Jetty Osmond. I, I just think him at 7.4, he's either going to be signed and traded out to Indiana in the Ricky Rubio deal, or he's going to be dealt somewhere, just dumped, like second-round pick to Oklahoma City, to San Antonio, to Indiana, separate deal, whatever. That cre- I'm, I'm literally have my cap, the cap sheet I managed for myself in front of me. You clear that off, and then you get Sexton, like, if you get him, like, $18 million, you know, you have, um, like, a pretty good amount of, like, you have space there. Like, you have room yeah. to work there. It's, you're still under the luxury tax. You can pay him up to, like, 20 a year or so if you do that. I don't know if he's going to get up to 20. It's, if he could go on an offer sheet and get that, he should. I don't know if he can. But I, 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 this is the one remaining thing, and it's the order of operations here, I think, around, you know, when they can do – the Rubio trade, uh, if they can do the, the Rubio thing, can get announced July 6th, I believe. If it, if I would look for that to maybe move a little bit around then because I think for this to work, not only do you have to clear the res- quick, I think space under the tax, because the Cavs aren't going to pay the tax at this point, 
but they also have a full roster now. They have 15 guys under contract with the veterans they've signed. Sexton will be 16. There, Someone has to go if they're going to bring him back. Talking with Chris Manning on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at CWM Rights. Um, we'll go to Ricky Rubio next because you brought him up. Uh, I was a little surprised that he got a three-year deal, especially coming off the injury. Again, tearing the same ACL twice, not always the easiest thing to come back from. Um, but we also know how important he was from a leadership standpoint to this team. If there was one guy that I was going into the offseason saying, like, yeah, bring him back, his presence was just that important, it's Ricky Rubio. I guess I wonder, though, like, how much left do you think he has in the tank from a player's standpoint? Because, yeah, ultimately, like, maybe this becomes a guy who's almost a player's coach, right? Like, he's more on the bench, he's kind of guiding guys, and that is important for this team, but is that what you're paying for here? Do you think that he's going to come out and actually be able to give you something as that backup point guard? It is an extremely, I think, hard-to-answer question, and I think anyone who would say that they like have a definitive answer on this, whether they're in the Cavs organization or someone covering the team, I think they would be you know, uh, being a little too confident if they say they feel one way or the other about this. I think there's risk. You know, He's coming off of the torn ACL. I don't think he's going to – like just the timeline of this, this also being the second time he's torn that ACL where he's, you know, he's after 30 – you know, I say that as someone who's almost 30, but like 30, just we view 30 as like old in sports. He, so I'm washed then. I, look, I, I've been washed since I came out of the womb, <laughs> so don't even worry about it. Um, like, you're not going to be in a position where like he's going to play right away. That's why they found Howell Nato. Like, I'm, I think I'm butchering that name because it's Brazilian Portuguese, and I'm trying to phonetic get it. But <laughs> it's all like, good. they signed him to come in and like play minutes while Rubio is out. And I think the hope is that he can come back maybe sometime in, like, the new year, right, and play and be good then. But it's also, like, very telling. Like, you, you, anyone you talk to in the organization, the players reacting on social media, like, it's very clear that the guys that were around Rubio last year, like, really buy into what he provided and say that matters. And, like, I think that matters. And you, I, I think it, you're betting that he can play. It's notable that that last year, um, as I had reported, was last year's non-fully guaranteed. That gives them an escape hatch if it doesn't go well physically, if they need to trade him for whatever reason to, to clear some space or something else. There is kind of an escape in your three, but you're betting, I think, that he can come back and play. If you're using part of your middle-level exception to get him, I think you're absolutely betting he can play, but it's a bet that definitely, I think, carries some risk. Two more minutes with Chris Manning here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, am I wrong for this? Like, All right, I see, this, I see Atlanta swing this deal for DeJounte Murray. I know there was like reports that the Cavs could be interested, and then it ended up being that they maybe weren't as interested as was being reported by some. Yeah, but I see it. Yeah, I see a deal like this though, and you have Kobe Altman last year at the end of season press conference talking about how yeah, Atlanta's like the team that we want to be like, right? Like we feel that we have the same arc as them, and then they go out and make a deal like this. I almost feel like even if it wasn't Dejounte Murray, like I just wanted this off season to be. They do something other than just bring back all their guys, which is all that has been reported at this point. Like, there's maybe Sexton's next, like we've talked about. Like, I don't know if it's a sign and trade with Sexton or whatever. I just wanted to see them do something different because I feel like if you're not trying to continue to move forward and you're just kind of like staying the same and seeing what you got, we saw that with the, with uh, with Atlanta last year. Like, they took a step back. Am I wrong for wanting that? Like, am I, am I completely off base here? Because I, I do feel like this organization is obviously prioritizing. We have a lot of young talent. We want to see how they mesh together. I just kind of want to expedite the process of like, hey, if we can get a veteran in here who's already ready to play and we know what we have in him, why not do it? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that's wrong. I think the way I would – I think I'm framing it in my own head is I look at the Murray situation. Is Atlanta's being like – with all the picks they gave up, and then you're trading Kevin Herter in, in that separate deal, but really by going all in on Murray to play with Trey, there's no safety net for them anymore, right? Yeah. A good they, point. they are saying our chips are on the table. We are all in with Trey and DeJounte is a pairing. We'll fit the, it seems like they maybe like the John Collins thing will change. They have a Capella's contract isn't like running that much longer. It, DeAndre Hunter's extension is like they have some decisions to make, but they like put their chips on the table now and are like, okay, this, we tried to run it back last year. It didn't work. We're going to try this different thing, try to do something a little bit different here. I think if you look at where they are versus where the Cavs are, I think the difference is the Cavs are probably not, and I think understandably not saying, let's put all of our chips on the table right now. I, I think Murray and, and Garland would have been like an incredible pairing that I would have felt very comfortable with. But I could also understand looking at that, the price they just paid for Murray and being like, that's a lot, and that's all of our chips. And if that's like, – do we want to cash it in right now at that – is this the right moment to do it? And I think it's fair to have some hesitancy if you're going to try to cash all those chips. I mean, they traded the first for Levert last year that hasn't totally worked out great. They're going to lose that first. So you're already down one first. So how does the second thing unfold? Like, there's just a lot of variables here that I think make the Cavs not exactly primed to go all in on a trade like that, even if I can very much under look at DeJounte Murray and say, that guy would rock with Darius Garland. The voice of reason, Chris Manning. Uh, speaking of giving up a lot, that Rudy Gobert trade was absurd, right? Like, I'm not the okay, only one that I, feels no, that way. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, no, Chris. I don't know. Here's I don't know about this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> it, is, it is, like, number one, I, also, I just kind of love when teams say, like, screw it, like, let's just go for it. I think Gobert, like, obviously there, there's some limitations there in what we've seen in the playoffs. But, like, he's going to be really – he's going to create a floor for that defense. He's going to cover really well for Cat. Like, he has good perimeter defenders around them. They've surrounded him. Like, they didn't have to give up D'Lo. They didn't have to give up some of their other wings. They kept Torian Prince, who's, like, pretty average and fine. Like, they, like, built their going for something there. And, like, the, the amount of picks is a lot. Like, it is a lot of picks. And, like, the prices we're seeing for guys traded right now is, like, insane. a lot of picks. And, and like, it's, like, what is Kevin Durant going to go for? Who, yeah. who knows? That's my next you question. Know, like, like, <laughs> just, like, how many picks? Is worse for Kevin Durant with four years left on his deal. Like you could convince me of a lot of things there, but I kind of like it. Like I, I understand there's some risk, but like Ant plus Cat plus Gobert plus like Chris Finch is a really really innovative coach, and they kept some of their wings and they still have some ball handlers. And I, I love Anthony Edwards with with everything. Like I kind of like what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to like make the finals or anything, but like that team should be like competing for the top four seeds of the West. I think. Last thing. Are the Nets really going to bail out the Lakers and take on that terrible Russell Westbrook contract? Okay, if the Lakers get Joe, like I'm demanding, I think we should like as a society demand like congressional like hearings. There's much more important things going on in society we probably have to worry about. <laughs> but like, how can the Lakers like fail into Kyrie plus like Joe Harris? Yes, I don't understand. And then like when the reporting yesterday was like, ah, they don't want to take on Joe Harris's contract. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like shooters with LeBron is like a proven thing that works. Kyrie plus LeBron historically has worked. And I bet you like LeBron probably can have some sway over Kyrie to kind of like maybe finagle some of that as he tries to win one more title, like before it's all said and done. Like just do it. Like it's not a hard decision to me to just do that. 
Um, and if they figure that out and like they pull that off, like in, in truly incredible, like failing upwards moments for the Los Angeles Lakers. That is the best way to put it. Like somehow the Lakers just fail up. I do not understand. Like LeBron just ruined this entire organization and every all the leverage that they had. But then somehow these reports make it seem like they somehow have leverage where they can ask for. Oh, we don't want uh, Joe Harris. We want Seth Curry instead. Like they're they're making they're like asking for things. Like you don't have like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, like they're the greedy beggars. They're just, greedy beggars. Yeah. That's what they are. Well, like the next <laughs> situation is like just insane too. It's like, like the whole Kyrie thing is insane. The KD thing is crazy. Ben's image is just now just like chilling there. Like, what is Steve Nash thinking? Like, I that this is all just like bonkers <laughs> to me. Um, I can't. And like, if this happens, can, I'm putting in my like, I like we'll, I'll get hopefully get a season credit or whatever. Can you imagine how nuts the first like LeBron Kyrie game back together in Cleveland game will be? Oh my gosh, dude! That's that's a the that's first, a... And, and then the first game of them like when they go play in Boston. Oof. The energy, man. This is the stuff we love about the NBA offseason, though. Like, just the it's the petty league, it's the drama of the offseason that then leads into these great storylines during the regular season. I mean, great stuff if this actually happens, but I just can't wrap my head around the fact that somebody... I mean, it's the Nets. They've made some stupid deals in the past, but somebody might actually bail the Lakers out here and give us this narrative, which is crazy. Incredible stuff. Chris Manning, half the Locked on Cast podcast, also writes for Dime Up Rocks Magazine. You can follow him on Twitter, at CWM Writes. Appreciate the time, as always, Chris. You're the man. We'll definitely do it again soon. Spencer, anytime. Let's, uh, I'm going to text you right after this. We'll get a pot appearance for you soon, too. Awesome. Can't wait. Always look forward to it, my friend. Later, buddy. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.